Hey y'all, what's up? It's Trey here. Listen, before we kick off this week's audio episode of Weekly Skews, I want to give a quick shout out to our new sponsor, Podcorn. That's right. Listen, as y'all know, we started Weekly Skews as a way to keep ourselves sane when COVID shut down the world back in 2020. What started as a live stream conversation between Smart Mark and I has turned into a podcast that reaches over 70,000 people every week. And for that, we are surely grateful to you. Now we're working to connect our show to sponsors who will ensure our podcast is here for the long haul. That's why we reached out to Podcorn. It's an online marketplace connecting podcasters and content producers like us to amazing sponsorship opportunities. We like Podcorn because there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. So if you're a content creator looking to connect with brands that will get behind your work, Check out podcorn.com slash podcasters. Thank you. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Happy Skews Day to you. It is March 1st, 2022. I'm Trey Crowder, and that's Mark Agee. What's up, Mark? What's up, Trey? Uh, so you sent me an interesting text over the weekend. I guess you got anti-mask protested. Well, I mean, I didn't. They didn't show up at my house to uh, complain about how <laughs> I kept wearing a mask. But yeah, on uh, Sunday, I took my sons to Hollywood for a little uh, VR action. And um, we were standing in the lobby and I heard some screaming and whatnot. And then an anti-mask mandate protest came through and they were being pretty aggressive you know, like, and I was, and me and both the boys have masks on, and I was just, I was preparing myself to get real pissed off, you know, if they, like, if anybody said anything, because it was specifically geared towards kids, too, like, unmask mm-hmm. our kids and all this shit, and I just knew somebody was going to, like, say something, and it was going to be a whole thing, but, like I said, we were kind of off the street in the lobby, and then they let us in to where we were going, and by the time we came out, they were gone, so I avoided any, uh, you know, over-the-top bullshittery but they were out and about for sure did uh anyone bother telling them that there is no more mask mandate in california yeah you know i didn't even i wasn't even thinking about that like i texted you and then you said that and i was like oh right what the dude i don't i don't know i mean maybe they had it planned already and they didn't want to you know didn't want to backtrack it's like well we already made the signs i i don't know it's so funny it's like what if we like what if we didn't protested like elvis swinging his hips on tv just like, right. <laughs> just pick some old shit to keep protesting about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah, we got it. We're gonna we're pre-gaming here for the big State of the Union, right? Yeah, it's starting right now, right? Um, nah, it starts right when we're done, I believe. Uh, I thought it was at eight, but I don't care to watch it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's a when Trump was. I think we moved the show last year so we could watch it or something. We did. But, we did. We moved. I think there was a debate that was. Oh yeah. It was that first debate was going to be up against the skews, so we uh, we backed mm-hmm. down. What a shit show that ended up being. But yeah, uh, State of the Union. You know, I'll at least get the cliff notes. I don't know, but what's uh, what are we going to expect from it? Well, well, he's definitely going to say the State of the Union is strong. Uh, it's one. Uh, it's what's spoilers, a Mark? Come yeah. on now. <laughs> yeah. I like we should really go back to because it wasn't until TV age they started doing it as a speech because all the constitutional choirs is like from the time to time from time to time the president must inform Congress about the State of the Union. So you can literally just send a telegram that says the State of the Union is fine. Like an email right. might even work. Um, but it's you know it's useful to get out there, get your face on TV, I guess. So it, it does like it, it was. Always, you know, interesting to watch when Trump was president because he might do something fucking nuts. But yeah. Biden, anything Biden says interesting is going to be, um, you know, aggregated. So uh, probably just watch basketball instead. Um, the Matt, because he does organizing, he got sent like the talking points uh, email from the White House about what they're going to be talking about. And the, but like the context, a lot of Republicans are skipping it. Um because they say because they there's a testing mandate to show up at the State of the Union because the president's 97 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. And the uh, Matt has an interesting theory that literally both Marco Rubio and Dan Crenshaw both said they don't have time to take a test, which I have to get tested every couple of weeks for work. 
it's two minutes in and out. And yeah. I bet you if you're a congressman, they'll come to your office for it. So I don't get fuck. why those guys feel the need to even make up a bullshit excuse like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know why they don't just say, I refuse because it's my right as an American to do so. It's my freedom or whatever. Yeah. Like, instead of just trying to be like, oh, you know, I got a really busy Tuesday. I don't know if I can squeeze that in. <laughs> I, I think they're trying to cover their ass because it is sort of a wartime footing and they don't want to seem like bad Americans for not pulling together. So they got to make up a principal reason. But Matt has a theory. And because these people are asshole ghouls, cynical as hell, I have no reason to, to, to uh, disagree with it that they just don't want to have to decide whether to cheer or boo Ukraine because it'll piss right. off some segment of their base either way. So they just like right. they're just cowardly, running away like cowards. So that's Matt's um, theory, because I mean that I totally that, that's just that's my head cannon now. That's just true. I just I mean I could totally see that. They, they they don't want to get into a position where they feel like they have to respond positively to something Biden says or whatever when <laughs> Ukraine yep. comes up, but they also mm-hmm. don't want to do the opposite. So they're just like, let's just not go. Say we're too yeah. busy. Yeah, I'm too I'm too busy to put a Q-tip up my nose for uh, for 15 seconds. It's like 15 seconds, 15 seconds. It's like not a big deal. Um, so speaking of Matt, he's also fired up because Matt, he's always getting pissed off about Midwestern politics. So uh, Iowa's governor, <laughs> uh, Kim Reynolds, is given the uh, rep- official Republican response. There's a bunch of responses. We'll get to that in a second. But she's the one picked. And uh, like, uh, he's pissed off because she's going to slam Biden for irresponsible spending when uh, she took $3.2 billion from the CARES Act. And uh, not only did she take it, his irresponsible spending, but she spent it so responsibly and auditor ruled she had to give some of it back because instead of spending on stuff to help her constituents, she used it to pay some of her, uh, some of the personal governor's staff with it. Dude, um, a prominent Republican politician being baldly hypocritical? Surely not. That's crazy. Stop the presses, yeah. everybody. Yeah. So among the other responses, a uh, large brain Marge is doing her own uh, for the uh, for the America First caucus. Which the, uh, if you're going to claim the mantle of America First, you should have to be able to name four other countries. I think should be a good rule. Uh, <laughs> but the, the, she's a uh, the, the the balls in her. Like she spent the weekend. Um, she spoke at AFPAC and CPAC. Well, maybe she wasn't invited to CPAC camera, but she did speak at AFPAC, which is Nick Fuentes' is America America's First Political Action Committee. Uh, Fuentes is a Nazi, a Nazi, he, and, yeah, and not even a way that he would dispute that label. He literally, before he brought her up, said they're comparing Putin to Hitler, comma, like that's a bad thing. Um, <laughs> are you serious? Literally, yeah, yeah. God damn. So, <laughs> yeah. So, and not only is she still giving some sort of weird State of the Union response, but she's calling it the America. She's calling it. She's using his title, America First. So fuck her. Uh, she had a weird weekend. She got half dis- disowned for 10 minutes by the entire Republican establishment who are st- still going to support her campaign for reelection, uh, where Corey's buddy Marcus Flowers is running against her. Right. Um, there's also going to be um, a few Democratic responses, at least three, I think. Uh, people are going to be the most mad about Rashida Tlaib's, even though she's going to... <laughs> say she supports everything Biden's saying and is going to say Democrats should put their money where their mouth is and actually support this. We'll get the actual stuff he's going to propose in a second. But the uh, one of the other responses given by John Gothheimer, who's the guy who sabotaged Biden's whole agenda, the when they had separated the two, um, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the infrastructure bill from the Build Back Better Act, he was the driving force behind that. He's the one who is driven – Biden's approval ratings in the mud and he called Rashida Tlaib crazy for doing a response because he's trying to blame her when they support everything he wants to do. Um, I can't remember. Is that is that typical? Does that normally happen? A response from I know that I know that there's always a like opposing party official response or whatever. I remember that yeah. happening every year. But from the same party, is that is that always a part of it? I can't remember right now. Sometimes, usually they're very obscure. Um, these aren't going to be because of the times we live in. But yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely happened before. Whether it should, I don't know what they're going to say. But um, as far as what Biden's going to say, he's going to brag about the jobs numbers everybody's been ignoring. Um, he's going to propose trying to bring more manufacturing stuff back on shore for both economic supply chain and national, presumably national security reasons because of us not being able to get microchips from China and oil from Russia. Um uh, but the, as far as the wish list stuff, like it is a good wish list. I just wish to live in this country is going to ask for legislation that lowers the cost of 
everyday expenses, working families, and lowers the deficit by rewarding work, not wealth, is his language. Layout practical measures that would reduce costs for families, including prescription drug costs and healthcare premiums and childcare and pre-K costs and energy costs. They've been running on like negotiating prescription drug prices since 2006. And even when they're in power, they don't do it. Um, he's going to mm-hmm. propose raising the minimum wage to $15 per hour, which he ran on, but his own party's not going to let him do it. Right. Um, uh, create a national comprehensive paid family medical leave program. That'd be cool. No one's going to do it. Um, this would, of course, be paid for by taxes and corporations and the rich. It's not really clear whether he's talking about raising rates or just actually collecting what people should be paying through enforcement of existing laws because they all cheat like crazy on their fucking taxes. Um, the one thing that seemed missing to me was an environmental agenda because this is like the perfect moment. So I saw somebody proposing, like, why don't you tie green energy bills to Ukraine arms? Because, like, part of the problem is, like, we, we don't have energy independence, so we're caught up in all these horrible situations. So it's well, kind of, yeah. it, like – I'm not saying that this is why or that it's the same thing or whatever, but, you know, like right at the very beginning of the Russian invasion over there, John Kerry said he had in an interview, he was like, you know, it's just it's a shame. I don't I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like it's a shame that there's stuff like this happening and no one is worrying about the about climate change or the environment or whatever. And I feel like he was just trying to say, like, which is a truly existential threat to all of us. And instead, it's this bullshit that, you know, is is actually happening. He got fucking dragged for that, dude. Like, and I'm not saying it wasn't like tone deaf or whatever, like picking that moment to make that point or or however, you know, you want to say it. But I mean, like, it does seem like what will have to happen before it does become an actual priority. I know it pops up every now and then as like a talking point or whatever, but I mean, you know. I mean, there are – pretend for over a minute climate change isn't real, right? There's still good reasons to invest in uh, uh, wind and solar energy. One, wind and sunlight are free, given to us by the Almighty, our mm-hmm. Lord provider, Lord and creator. Uh, the the And secondly, you don't have to worry about having to kiss the ass of, say – the genocidal king of uh, crown prince of Saudi Arabia or right. like we, like we still haven't sanctioned oil, Russian oil and gas because we can't afford to, because it, like, yeah. isn't that exactly what Germany just did? Meaning they just used this whole thing as an impetus to up their uh, commitment to being, you know, fully on the renewable energy path. I saw that headline the other day. They they upped their deadline for being whatever percentage, you know, renewable energy reliant as a direct result of this whole yeah. thing because they were so yeah. reliant on Russian energy sources. Yeah, I think that's referring to nuclear, though. I think they, they got out of the nuclear business promised entirely after Fukushima, and now they're realizing that was a mistake. Um, but, okay, I mean, like, I'm not an expert on it. Some people consider nuclear a fairly green energy source. I'm not sure what yeah. the ways to put that, but that's, that's, that's an argument that's above my head, and that's for environmental scientists and physicists. Um, the, but, like, so it, it is an opening, and even if Biden doesn't see it out in public yet, Joe Manchin did, which is why Joe Manchin proposed a bill today to uh, open up way more oil and gas, um, which was countered by Ed Markey introducing a clean energy bill to be like, hey, why don't we do this instead? So that's good. So here's a list of good things that could make the world a better place. None of which will happen. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so just pretty standard, par for the course. Yeah, I guess we'll see how it goes. Okay, well, um, with that said, producer Matt is here with us doing the thing. This is Weekly Skews. I want to remind you all of a couple of things. Number one, if you're vaccinated want to see me live, you can go to wellregcomedy.com for tickets. I'll be in Knoxville this weekend where I started comedy. That show is very nearly sold out, so if you're wanting to go, please holler at it now. And also a reminder that we here at the SKUs have started a Patreon for those of you who just can't get enough and, and want to support us. We sure do appreciate it. We've done two bonus episodes so far, one on the war on drugs and Joe Biden giving out free crack pipes. At least that's what the Republicans said he was doing. And then the second one on blood money, dark money, all kinds of shitty money and the effect that it has had on the whole situation with Russia and Ukraine. We're going to have plenty more bonus stuff for you coming up. We're having a good time with it. So... As Matt just put up there, you can go to weeklyskews.com slash more, or you can just search for my name on Patreon and get set up, and uh, we hope you will consider it. Okay, 
For the show tonight, we're going to be talking about what else, Ukraine, uh, putting up a valiant effort so far, to be sure. We'll talk about what's happened so far and the prognosis for the future and how much Vladimir Putin sucks. A lot to unpack there, obviously. But first, let's do some dumbasses. Matt, graphic, please. Tonight's DD, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, for expecting racism to not kill for a conservative conference crowd. Matt, play the clip. He has some good points. I have the reputation of being the biggest racist in the country. Think of that. (laughs) Well, I, I hate to... I hate to. What are you clapping for? That I am or I'm not? Well, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty. Later on, and we didn't have to watch the whole clip, but later on, near the end of that clip, he says he's talking about how he was accused of racial profiling or whatever. And then he goes, uh, at the end of that, he goes, and you know what? Maybe I was racial profiling. And he got another huge applause break when he said that. (laughs) He was like he like his his. He, if you, you guys don't know, our Joe Arpaio was uh, convicted of a lot of federal crimes and pardoned by Trump. He was a sheriff in Maripo- Maricopa County in Arizona, uh, and one of the things his deputies would do was just stop people who looked Hispanic and ask if they were citizens. So I think that's pretty clearly racial profiling. Um, yeah, and I don't know why sheriff like our national our fucking foreign policy is being run by sheriffs who are gassed up on their own supply. Good lord, yeah. <laughs> fucking crazy country. I, 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 he's like, I, a lot of people have this take that it's like w- one of the things Trump did was he made people feel comfortable saying racist shit again in public. For sure. And a lot of people have this take that like, oh, at least they're out in the open now. Yeah. I don't like it. I do not right. like it. Like, I, it I used to kind of, I used to kind of subscribe to that because my my argument was always like. They already felt this way. Like they, they, they are this way. So at least now there's no like duplicity involved, you know, but I do hear you. It's really like, I mean, it sure is upsetting and disconcerting for it because it seems like it's like mainstreamed amongst them now. I mean, literally mm-hmm. fucking he gets a damn standing ovation <laughs> for saying that people think he's the biggest racist in America. It's like, that's, you know, no, we don't need that. I- I think when, well, I think people being racist in secret and private is preferable to making their case in public and winning people over to their cause. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're uh, right. You're right. I also think that in general, just interpersonally, I'd rather a person be fake nice to me than honest mean. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. still, it's just, it, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I did, like, maybe, maybe, maybe it does make people more comfortable up to point that guy's the racist and that guy's the racist and the where the name tag says racist. Um. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. You said that I'd rather people be fake nice to me than honest mean. Matt said you should move to the Midwest. Then <laughs> I mean, Mark's from the South. It's very much a thing there too. It's you know. Yeah. Bless your heart, baby. That's the that's the whole deal. All right. Our first honorable yeah. mention for daily dumbass. A different kind of cop. This Colorado Springs cop who fucked around and accidentally was doing good in her community. <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. Uh, so. The Colorado Springs police sent, went, sent undercovers into the D- D- local DSA chapter, Democratic Socialists, and uh, trying to find Antifa. And instead, what she ended up doing was helping homeless people find housing and taking phone calls from people who had problems with their landlord. So finally, some tax dollars put to good use. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I like what are they like? I just wonder what her briefings were like, you know, back at the back at the uh, the station where it's like, what's your update for us? It's like, well, they're they're giving out a lot of soup, you know, they're, <laughs> they're like trying to help uh, people organize and, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. improve their living situation with their landlords like they're just completely out of control. It's like yeah. I wonder if their expectation genuinely was that she would get in there and uncover this like large scale Antifa eco terrorist operation or something like she was going to find them making Molotov cocktails to throw through the bank window or some shit like that. Like, is that what they thought was going to happen or 
Maybe they thought the soup they were collecting for the homeless was those cans of soup for my family that Trump was always talking about. Remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. Where people were throwing cans of soup at the cops and like, oh, there's so many innocent soup for my family. Actually, like, that was pretty funny. That was the one time Trump was actually funny. Soup um, for my family. <laughs> so maybe that's what they thought they were doing. I don't know. It's just like cops just do this shit and I don't really know what they – I mean, the DSA does organize protests and maybe they're trying to like get intel on – illegal protest actions uh but like why they're spending so much resources to stop people like a couple dozen people standing around the street corner chanting black lives matter i don't know i guess they can spend their overinflated. you can't defund them but they couldn't do this shit trey what would they do without the funding to do this um yeah <laughs> yeah all right our next honorable mention for daily dumbass is lauren bobert for not being prepared for a real shit storm in her upcoming re-election campaign you don't know what I'm talking about, look at this new campaign ad from her newest challenger. This is wild, okay? <laughs> oh, shit! government that actually works and freedom of choice instead we have bullshit <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. You, you get it it goes so much further than that just so yeah. you guys know if you want to look up and watch the whole thing he's not done with the poop there's so much more poop there's puke po it just he's got like cell phones pooping into people's faces he's got a cue guy like puking all over a picnic table and then he does a fake lauren bobert in her office spraying bullshit uh with reckless abandon just all over everything you know and i appreciate the artistic vision here uh but this is this is wild mark i don't know how to <laughs> I don't know exactly how to feel about this. <laughs> I, I think the real dumbass here is us for being a country where this is highly effective. And this right. dude got this video got a quarter million views the first day it was up. So it was a big hit. And I think this guy, I think this might actually be kind of smart. Um, this is Alex, the guy named Alex Walker. Um, and the, the, this, the, the landing page for his campaign website says, now you're wondering, is this guy for real? Uh, <laughs> dude, 100%. I put in the outline when you when you, I first watched this. I was like, this this dude's some kind of performance artist or something. Like, this is like a, this is some kind of, this is a joke, I thought. But I mean, but he really is. So he's legit. It's all legit. Yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's, he's, he's a pretty moderate uh, Democrat. Uh, he happens to be gay. I'm only saying that because it's like the first word of how he describes himself. He, um, he uh, uh, quote, the stakes are high and the fight could not be more urgent. Unless we act now, the insurrection party will rob disenfranchised communities of civil liberties for generations to come. Um, this is funny because this was such a big deal. Newspapers had to cover it. And I was wondering how they wrote it up. And they, just, they literally put the word turd in the newspaper, which hit for me. Uh, so, <laughs> a lot of turds, man. Yeah. A whole lot of turds. In this interview, he says, uh, humor is how I dealt with the death of my brother. Humor is how I dealt with coming out of the closet. Humor is how I'm going to deal with going national in a really scary fight against a QAnon psycho who will do anything she can to make my life a living hell. So, yeah, go go, Alex Walker, I guess. <laughs> this is like, I mean, he really, he's going to get fucked. Like, we've talked about it before, but the guy who ran against uh, um, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene in Georgia had to drop out of the race because he got so many death threats and his wife left him. Like the, the Marjorie Taylor Greene supporters ruined this guy's fucking life. And this guy, this Alex Walker guy is probably in for a similar fight. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you're definitely, he also said in his interview, he's like, look, you got to take big swings nowadays. And I don't disagree. Like one of my new favorites is uh, Gary Chambers Jr. in Louisiana. But his ads were like in the first one, he's smoking a blunt. And talking about, you know, how marijuana legis or marijuana laws need to be, um, 
you know, fixed and about the effect it's had on the black community and all that type of shit. But he's smoking a blunt throughout. And in a second when he set the Confederate flag on fire. So, I mean, you know, that I'm all for that, dude. I'm not saying I'm not for Alex Walker here. Uh, I'm just it's, it's like, I don't know. It's a lot of poop, man. He, he certainly went for it. Yeah. The, uh, uh, I mean, I think like to get an, like to, to win as a, against an incumbent, you gotta like make a lot of noise. And Lauren, you think it probably would help to have a national profile running against somebody who's weirdly popular with the Republican base, like Lauren Boebert is. It's gonna help with his fundraising. I, well, I get why it's, yeah. Well, you know, Lauren Boebert, she's got a lot of big ideas, Mark. Uh, and mm-hmm. she's, she's still coming up with them every day. Let's hear her take on the uh, situation with Ukraine and her takeaway from that so far. So I, I pray for Ukraine, and I, I wish them the best. They have a great president right now um, who's really said clearly, live free or die. He yeah. said, I, I don't need a ride. Give me ammunition. The fight is right here. Uh, but uh, we also have neighbors to the north who need freedom and need to be liberated, and we need that right here at home as and well. And neighbors to our south. <laughs> so. All right. <laughs> so fuck Ukraine. Let's invade Canada. I know. Right. It's like you. It's like she's. It's like, oh, Ukraine, look what they're doing, defending themselves against this hostile invading force trying to take their land. You know what that says to me is we need to invade Canada and take <laughs> their land. <laughs> I love what Ukraine's doing, but really we should do what Russia's doing because Canada, mm. they've been getting away with being a little too, uh, you know, a little too lefty up there for a while. Okay. We need to, they need some it more freedom. Lefty, they shut down some GoFundMe's that were funding truck uh, annoying truckers. It was like that's 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 what we're calling oppression in uh, the Western in uh, North America right now. But like, it's like so funny to me. It's like part of our argument's proximity. It's just like just because like yeah, let's invade Canada. It's a shorter commute, right? It's like yeah. to quote <laughs> one of my favorite comedy bits: uh, uh, "Let the troops sleep in their own bed and drive to war." You know, it's like <laughs> 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 like Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of the war, let's get into it. Let's talk about Ukraine. So, um, I don't know. Well, you go ahead, Mark. Get us started. All right. So, um, Trey and I are on the Friday, the bonus show we talked about, about sanctions and what was taking so long and why I I was dubious they would be that effective. They surprised me by this, by how harsh they came down. Um, there's still not enough. For example, like I talked about earlier, we haven't sanctioned Russian oil and gas. There's still the stuff we talked about on Friday, like Italy having carve outs to be able to sell Gucci and luxury, other luxury goods, Belgian diamonds. Um, like, it's like they, they, we talked about, like, about that's the SWIFT um, network, which is the banking network where people, banks, you know, move money around the world. Um, they, they kicked a couple Russian banks off SWIFT, but not all of them. So just like a brushback pitch. Um, but. We talked about like Nazi, the history of money laundering and uh, the Switzerland just holding on to a ton of Nazi gold for the rest of eternity, apparently. But guess who came on board, baby? Right. Switzerland. We did it. We're taking credit for this one. Yeah, we should. <laughs> no, yeah. On the bonus show we talked about, um, we got into Switzerland and how uh, I've been – this is just wild. I feel like people have been sort of arriving at the same conclusion because uh, – Switzerland have been on my mind recently about their whole neutrality thing. And I don't know about you, but I always, I felt like I always heard about Switzerland being neutral growing up, but it, it seemed as though it was like pitched in a sort of noble fact. It was like a noble yeah. neutrality. <laughs> they stay out of it. That's what they do. And it's like, that's what you think about. You think about that skiing, watches, chocolate, whimsical knives, you know, like mm-hmm. that's what you think about when Switzerland comes up, but it's like, they're the fucking blood money capital of the world. And like being remaining neutral when one side is the Nazis is like, that's, I, I don't know how noble that is. They've got like some of the best PR ever. I feel like they've kind of just generally gotten away with that and even been sort of applauded for it for a long time. Yeah. But even they have taken a side on this one. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, you fucked up when you made, switzerland take a side when like their whole entire thing is not taking sides <laughs> yeah i um i saw somebody frame uh the 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 way uh countries are divvying up sides here is like chaos muppets versus order muppets and I, like and it's sort of it's sort of like makes sense and like it goes back to the theory that, that, uh, that we talked about on friday that money runs everything i thought maybe they wouldn't do any sanctions at all because it would fuck with people's money and what i what i came around to was oh 
times are good for most countries right now, business-wise, and Russia's fucking all that up because war's bad for business in a lot of ways. And so they're coming down hard and fast to try to get Russia to get, get us over as quickly as possible so everybody can go back to business as usual. If you're not familiar with the chaos, like all the Muppets, basically, Jim Henson talked about his theory of comedy, and like some of the Muppets are chaos Muppets, and a lot of them are order Muppets. Like Ernie is an order Muppet. Cookie Monster is obviously a chaos Muppet. But you know, okay, you no, I've never heard of that. But that, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense as far as the Muppets go. But what are you, are you saying that? Like Russia's a chaos Muppet and the order Muppets yeah. don't like that? Yeah. So like there's reason even China's making the noise about it being opposed to uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which is interesting because China would love to invade Taiwan for similar reasons. But also China, China's like I think the world leaders, economic leaders are like, we're coming out of COVID. We're fixing these supply chain issues. Money's back changing hands, baby. Why the fuck are you doing this, Vlad? <laughs> it's like right. so, like, like China's doing great. They don't, they don't, they don't want this fucking headache. They don't want to deal with it. Like, it's like they, they, Putin just took a shit in the world's punch bowl, and uh, all the world's economies are, are reacting to it. Right. Um, as far as the, the actual fighting on the ground, it's about three thirty a.m. in Ukraine right now. I'd imagine all their cities are getting the shit pounded out of them by Russian artillery and tank fire and uh, cluster munitions dropping planes and yada yada yada. Uh, Russia bombed a Holocaust memorial uh, earlier today, which is an interesting strategy in their uh, quote-unquote denazification campaign. Um, the, the context of this, and the, like we've been seeing a lot of feel-good stories coming out of Ukraine. I get right. why, because it's a David versus Goliath story. But here's the thing right. about David versus Goliath. It was a poorly mismatched fight, and David would have had no chance in a heads-up battle if we hadn't if a lucky rock guided by the hand of the Lord and hit its target. So yeah, um, they cannot hold out for long because Russia just has way bigger, more guns. Right. Um, so yeah, that's like, yeah, I'm glad that we're getting into this. Cause I've been thinking like, you're right. It's, a lot of the stuff that has been shared around that you've seen all over the internet has been, like you said, it's got like a feel good kind mm-hmm. of uh, aspect to it. And it's like, seems sort of optimistic and look, they're, they're fucking, they're obviously they're tough as nails and they're putting up a hell of a fight and it's very inspirational and all that. But it's like also our own bias and, you know, we're seeing what we want to see and whatnot. It's been four. It's been like five days now. It's going to be a lot longer than that. And um, at the end of the day, they're still going to be very outmatched and outgunned. Right. Like I didn't know. I didn't realize it's one of the stories you sent that uh, Russia's got multiple different sort of types of munitions and modes of attack that they haven't uh-huh. even employed yet. Uh, Cause they, I guess they didn't think they would have to, and they're supposed to be far more devastating. And I'm not talking about nuclear <laughs> weapons. It's other types of weaponry that they have at their disposal, but haven't um, rolled out. So, I mean, it could, you know, could yeah. s- still get much, much uglier, obviously I, over there. I think they're boxed in by, well, not that they're humanitarian, but the second order effects of acting inhumane are big. You're talking about like maybe losing dozen domestic support is support. If Russian people figure out how just how gross the war is, which is happening. Uh, you right. got like, they don't want to destroy Ukraine or Ukraine. They wanted to govern it. They wanted to rule it. So like yeah. that having to pay to rebuild it, it makes their lives harder. They just wanted, mm. they just wanted Zelensky to leave and put in a puppet go- uh, governor government and then go home. They, that's all they wanted. They didn't, they didn't want to fight. Um, so it, the I would say that like so Ukraine's basic military strategy, if it has one right here, is to hold out long enough that the Russian Russian people get fed up and the military get fed up to a degree that they'd some sort of coup on Putin or yeah. somebody figures out a way for him to save face and and be able to declare victory and leave like we should have done in Iraq in 2003. Uh, if like, but like I, I saw somebody on compare them to the Ewoks the other day. And I was like, that's a good comparison because if that was a real battle, you think the Ewoks would have won? Like it, it's, I'm loving all these Muppet based or Muppet adjacent <laughs> theories yeah. of yeah. the current geopolitical situation. I'm uh, I'm appreciating those, but anyway, yeah. So Ukraine's the Ewoks. Yeah, yeah, but it's like so. Anyway, it, it, there are we're gonna have some. We're, we are gonna talk about some of the up uh, the fun. Uh, a lot of the stuff the Ukrainians are doing is essentially on the level of pranks, which is what you do when you're fucking completely outmatched <laughs> and, and and you want to make viral videos. But it, so it is fun. It is like like what do you call it? Good trouble, I guess, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like it's not like. But really, 
going out and standing in front of a Russian tank is only an effective strategy as long as they don't want to run over, run over you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. not. So, um, on talking about like how they're, they, they're basically their fight is a pressure camp, a political pressure campaign, which isn't new. That's basically what the Viet Cong did. It's what the Confederacy did in the civil war. It's what, you know, it's, it's, it's a typical guerrilla tactic, but there are some signs that it could be having some success. Like Putin might be losing the elites. There's a couple of funny stories here. Uh, first one, a uh, sanctioned Russian TV host cries about losing his Italian villa. Uh, this one made me really laugh. <laughs> so I guess Italy just like ganked his vacation house and he went on TV and cried about it. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, so this guy's name is Vladimir Soliv, Sol, Solovyev. I don't know. Okay. I don't have a Russian tongue. So he has a, he has a house, I guess, down the street from George Clooney's estate on Lake Como. Uh, his neighbors have been protesting since he bought the property. They even logged out a petition to make sure he didn't get Italian citizenship through his, like, back door through his residence. Um, he's been making a lot of dumb noise about Ukraine. So you, he, Italy took his house and he whined like a bitch about it. And that was really funny to me. Uh, the last year, um, Navalny, uh, Alexei Navalny, who was a Russian dissident who got, um, uh, poisoned by Putin, uh, he runs his own like sort of dissident campaign network and they like were doing stuff like leaving Ukrainian chocolates on his doorstep. This was a couple of years ago. So they, did, this did going they, on for a while. what, so this, this dude, is he still alive now? Navalny? I think Navalny's still alive. Okay. Uh, he was so poisoned. He, he's in prison. Yeah. Was it a failed poisoning or was it like Putin was like I'm just going to poison you a little bit just so you know that you need to act right like this is the real poison is coming later uh, I think he got poisoned and then went to the hospital and got treatment and survived well he looks like shit now it's one of those things but he then got he got thrown in the gulag yeah then when he yeah. landed back in Russia I think he, maybe his plane got diverted so he could get in prison he wasn't trying to go to Russia but he ended up in Russia getting arrested now he's been in prison for a few years um, this one this is my favorite one. Um, we talked on Friday about how like no one's even taken away the Russian oligarch super yachts. Mm-hmm. Um, well, one Ukrainian guy decided to take one on, on his own. See, uh, some Russian tycoon who I guess is a weapons manufacturer, he's double bad. Uh, he hired a Ukrainian sailor who decided just to fucking sink his super yacht. <laughs> Dude, so what is- I don't know if it's like a disconnect or just extreme hubris, but maintaining a largely Ukrainian crew on your <laughs> super yacht when you are a Russian war baron or whatever uh, is yeah. like, that's a hell of a strategy, man. Like it's, you know, like, but, but you know, came back and bit him in the ass. Cause this dude wasn't having it. This, this is uh, what happens when you don't see other people as real. Or you think politics are hypothetical. Right. This dude's got family who are getting killed. And this guy's just like, I made 20 bucks on a transaction. It doesn't fucking, right. it doesn't sound real to him. So uh, the detainee, the guy got, a, the, the, the Ukrainian sailor got arrested because, of course, he did. Um, he, the detainee allegedly stated that Majiv, who's, I guess, the Russian billionaire, is related to the manufacturer of weapons. So he decided to take revenge on him after seeing an image of a missile hitting a block of flats in Kiev. Uh, he asked the other sailors, most of them Ukrainians. He had, they had a bunch of Ukrainians on there. I know. That's what I'm saying. He's got like a Ukrainian crew. Like it's, it's wild. <laughs> like I yeah. thought he would have gave them the weekend or something. Like now thinking like yeah. they might sink my fucking boat. Maybe I, <laughs> since we're, you know, taking their homeland, but no, he kept them on board. He was, uh, yeah, I'm sure he was like, Hey, I pay them. They, yeah. they, know, they know better than to sink my boat. Well, not this guy. Yeah, so he told his, his, the rest of his, fe- his fellow sailors, who were also Ukrainians, to abandon ship, and then he opened several valves to create leaks and uh, sunk, partially sunk that motherfucker. I hope his boat smells like mildew when he's uh, having sex with his dumb mistresses on it. Um, we so we we're talking about Ukrainians making some fun mischief and the stuff going viral, and it's, it's been considering what a boogeyman in Ru- boogeyman's Ru- uh, Russia's been in the last five ten years about like state psyops on the internet it's been kind of fascinating how badly they're losing the in the info war here let's uh let's just get a little palate cleanser of all this death and instruction talk uh and watch this video of a ukrainian redneck uh, using his tractor to steal a tank you got that ready matt Dude, so, you know, that, that Russian running after it is shitting himself, man. Like, you can't be the guy that left the tank running or left it, you know, open to being towed away by a Ukrainian yeah. farmer. Like, that's, yeah, that's not going to go well, over well. I, I'm really torn here because on the one hand, I do want the Ukrainians to fuck, to, to mess these guys' days up as much as possible. But also, I fucking hate tow truck drivers. 
So <laughs> it's 50, 50, I think here. Um, there's also like a fun stories. Like there's, they, they, I don't know if this is true. There's been a lot of stuff that turned out to be fake. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but I guess let's go ahead and get it over with now. So with some stuff I told, we talked about on Friday that I told you could be fake because it's impossible to, uh, to fact check. The ghost of Kiev, that fighter pilot shot down six uh, fighter jets in a single night. That turned out to not be real. And the Battle of Snake Island guys, the ones who told the Russian board, uh, battleship, uh, battleship to go fuck themselves, um, the, story, the video stopped. And the story was those were the last words because they got killed. Turns out they surrendered after that, which is cool because I don't – these guys created the meme. They got the content. They did not die for the meme. I respect yeah. that. <laughs> the, the, the video was real, right? Like they really had that yeah. exchange. Yeah. But then they surrendered as opposed to all getting, you know, yeah. exploded by the Russians. I mean, yeah, I'm fine with that. Like I'm yeah. not, like, not, not going to hear that and be like, oh, God damn it. I thought they were dead. Now I'm not in yeah. the story anymore. You know, like it's still it's still a baller move to tell them to go fuck yeah. yourself just because they did not then murder you. They didn't mm-hmm. know. Like when they said it, they yeah. thought they might explode us after yeah. we say this. So it's still some gangster shit either way. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm glad they're alive. I'm not mad that they fooled me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so there's one of those stories that's uh, impossible to know if it's true, but it's too good to fact check. So we'll just tell you the story that's floating around. Uh, the reports of Russian troops trying to match on Tinder with Ukrainian women and getting catfished. That hits for me. It reminds me of a, there was a Eastern European women who were catfishing ISIS dudes and, they, they took ISIS for like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And like, that's awesome. Um, dude, I mean, it, I guess 20 year old dudes are just going to be 20 year old dudes, but it's wild to be occupying, a, invading a country and still getting on Tinder every day and just you know, saying what's if there's any hot singles in my area. Trey, it's not even clear. They know they were going on an invasion. They, they, they're told true. they're in a training exercise. Right. So like some of the dudes might even know, might not even know they're at war. They might think they're fucking doing exercises in Belarus. Um, the, the, speaking of which, like, we're going to get like the, the Russian army is a lot bigger and more powerful, but it doesn't mean it's competent. And that's what's creating a lot of cracks for some fuckery. Like, like some of the Russian soldiers don't have helmets. Uh, the, the Russian soldiers have been posting videos complaining that there a lot of their field rations, um, expired in 2015. Uh, here's a fun one. Ukrainian civil militias have been capturing Russian soldiers and making them call their mothers, which is hilarious and brilliant. <laughs> it, this is effective because, again, the, the tr- their moms didn't know they'd been deployed. So you call the mom, I capture your son. Oh, my God, how can I help? Go out in the street and protest. Tell people this war is actually happening. It's not just a training exercise. You're being propagandized. And call your commanding officers and call, call your son's commanding officers and tell them, tell them to go fuck themselves. So they're doing all that. Um, I'll skip this. <laughs> Dump. Uh, this is real quick. So on America's shores, uh, Dennis Miller chose to cancel his own Russia Today show, which prompted me to ask the question: Dennis Miller has a Russian Today show, right? Is up- Russia Today is it like is it like Al Jazeera? I'm not comparing the two in terms. Of, I just mean like, is it also globally available Russia Today? Because yeah. I know it's like the state owned propaganda news outlet mm-hmm. in Russia, RT, Russia Today. But like, what the fuck? Yeah. Dennis Miller had a Russia Today show? Yeah, apparently, right. as does also William Shatner. What? Uh, <laughs> who has not dropped his Russia Today show. <laughs> what and the some, fuck, man? Some reporter dug through the hosts and found one guy who hosts a show in Russia Today. Uh, in Russia Today. He lives in New York. He was arrested in New York in 1999 for having 570 over unreturned library books with $31,000 in overdue fees. It is the weirdest motherfuckers on the planet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Fucking uh, book bandit over here, man. Uh, Al Jazeera actually does pretty good news coverage. Russia today. No, I know. I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't trying to compare them in that way. I just meant like I was just saying. I was just trying to say, is it like a an outside of Russia operation also yeah. like they have like global programming everywhere. Cause if they do, I wasn't aware of that. And- yeah. I mean, Ukraine's been write, writing angry letters to a bunch of Silicon Valley companies trying to beg them to take down Russian propaganda. Cause like, I guess you can share, you can just share Russian propaganda on Facebook and, or, and, or in the metaverse and no one will do anything about it. Um, so going back to the Russian army being, uh, inept, you can throw that screen right back up there, Matt. Um, the, so there's been a bunch of reports of Russian troops being taken prisoner and basically telling Ukrainians, we found out about this invasion three hours before you did. We thought we were mm-hmm. actual exercises. Then suddenly we were told to cross the border. Like they, 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 there's been like, so I'm not a military strategist. So all I can do is read and tell you what I read. But like, 
So they basically did a Blitzkrieg type invasion, but usually it comes in three waves. You send in an army of tanks to blast through as quickly as possible. Then you have a secondary line come through and clean up the uh, enemy forces that you pushed through and left behind. And then you got to establish supply chain lines. And of course, they did the first thing, but not the second too. So they ran out of gas and food like 20 miles into Ukraine, which is why it's so easy to steal their tanks. Um, the the good news for the Russian army, though, is uh, they got some good old boys riding to the rescue. Uh, play this video, man. Stand up. This is on the front line with the denazifiers and liberators of Ukraine. These guys are tough. These guys are ready. And there's plenty of them. So far, Russia has used about 10% of its military power. We're getting ready to bring the hammer down. These guys are going to save and liberate all the good people in Ukraine and the bad people. Kick their ass. (laughs) So one one, uh, uh, big old good old boy with a ponytail is going to go over there and help Russia defeat the Ukrainian Nazis with the Jewish president. Um, uh, there's been people, there was a report debunked that a bunch of Australian proud boys were going to help out the Russians. And then there's also stories about people going to join the Ukrainian side. Americans do this a lot. Like where there were, you were, there were Americans fighting in Syria for uh, various different militias. Uh, I don't know why, except we love to fight. I guess if you believe I'm, in stuff, I'm, I guess are mercenaries or no, like- just like, People, people just going and volunteering. Yeah, some some like Canadian like paramedic went to join up, but I guess he's a medic. He has skills, I guess, that could help. Yeah. Um, I would advise doing that. I'm gonna stay here and talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> you guys have that's fun. More my spade for sure. <laughs> uh, the I, we don't need to show this video, Matt, but like Pat Robertson did his normal thing, came out of retirement to go on TV, looking like Oval Redenbacher, the ghost of Oval Redenbacher's dead mother. Uh, and uh, said that God, this is all in God's hands and God made Putin invade. It wasn't his decision because it's going to help bring out end times and the army is going to pivot south to Israel. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you'll have that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, the Russian fuck-ups have been kind of funny because like, um, the Russian state media apparently had a victory pronouncement on Autopost that went live last night. <laughs> <laughs> So it just like did like the Tokyo mission Rose accomplished, thing. baby. Yeah, they did the mission accomplished banner, and uh, it, it sort. Of, but it, the, 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 the takeaway there is like the fact that Putin needs to declare, declare victory so quickly is sort of evidence to me of how precarious his domestic political situation is. Do you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. he, he didn't. He shouldn't have to. If he was actually strongly in power, he wouldn't have to say shit, right? Right. So the war, fucking deal with it. Um. It. Like I said, there's so much fog of war stuff happening here. And as far as why Ukraine is winning this, um, Zelensky is like a social media star. Like, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> he is. He's really good at this. And um, I, I think his career, like like Trump's career in show business, helped him be a good propagandist. I think Zelensky's dead. Listen, Joyce and Zelensky highlights. So Zelensky was on Please. Dancing with the Stars, and let's check out his. He's got some swiveling hips, baby. Moons, right? He sure does. This guy's got it all, man. I'll tell you what. It's like he's been a pretty stone cold motherfucker over the past, you know, week or so. And yeah. then you see him out there just cutting a rug, man, in a pink leisure suit. This guy's, he contains multitudes. He's, a, yeah, he's a tough motherfucker who also cut his teeth on TV uh, playing Hava Nagila, pretending to play Hava Nagila with his dick. Do you have this video, Max? Classic. Oh. That's just and, that's just fun for the whole family right there. That's a it's a classic bit. 
And well, we couldn't show this video because we're afraid of getting hit for copyright. But uh, Zelensky is also the voice of Paddington the Bear in Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, and you go look it up because his voice, he has a deep, scratchy smoke. Like he produces right. three packs a day. And he's like, the Ukra- Ukrainians are so fucking tough that even their cuddly bears like. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Getting up so, to wacky hijinks and dog- talking like this. and Paddington yeah. Bear. Yeah, yeah, that's so pretty great. The so the, the, as far as how this affects domestic politics, Republicans haven't settled on a real line for this, and I think I, it, it's like they're basically what they're saying is uh, Ukraine. We want Ukraine to win now, but Biden, if Biden was tougher, Russia wouldn't have invaded. But also, Biden should keep gas prices low. Right. Should also sanction Russian oil. And also, and also, and also. Yeah, um, right. It, the the funniest one to me was trying to trying to square these circle was Glenn Youngkin, the new governor of Virginia, tweeting out that he supported Ukraine in their fight against the Soviet fight against Soviet Russia, which is yeah. We're just like I don't know what to do. Let's pretend it's nineteen ninety one. So yeah, I, I think so anyway. I think one of the reasons people have been inspiring about this. The last thing I'll say about this is like. Worldwide, you know, populist populist nationalism has been on the march worldwide, and you know, it's had a rise in uh, United States, England with Brexit and Boris Johnson. You got mm-hmm. fucking uh, Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil, uh, Moti in India, Putin in Russia. Uh, there are far right domestic movements in France and Germany. They're gaining power, and here's somebody saying, "Nope, fuck you." <laughs> and it's like it's just like it feels like I, I think. What we talked about on Friday what I was trying to get to is like the this could be a turning point for we all realize how corrupt money has made everything and we start having sensible uh, worldwide financial markets, less money laundering, less dirt, less whatever, because yeah. the way we all stay free. It's wild that it's like it it seems to you know, when one of the biggest talking points is how across the world we've never been more divided and i'm not saying mm-hmm. all those divisions aren't still there but it's wild having a thing that has united the vast majority of most people on one side it's also kind of funny that like putin was always so terrified of like a unified europe you know so he was like i know what i'll do i'm gonna go ahead and do a thing that unifies all of europe <laughs> very concretely because he hates nato he's terrified you know the implications of nato and then now you've got Sweden and Finland and fucking Kosovo and everybody, Ukraine, mm-hmm. are like, can we please join NATO immediately? You know, which he hates, but it's a direct result of, you know, oh shit, the consequences of my own actions. How about that? Yeah, here, let me hoist this petard. I hope I'm not on it. Yeah. Uh, and it, like, it is like, it, it's also like supposedly Russia's been obsessed with the death of Gaddafi. Like he's watched that yeah. video of Gaddafi being drugged through the streets and sodomized with a bayonet like over and over and over again on loop. And he's trying, like, it's his biggest fear is that happening to him. And I don't think he's ever been closer to it. I know. Right. It's like, he's got a funny way of showing it. I totally buy that that video would resonate with him. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I think that's astute of him to be, you know, worried by that video, but I don't, his actions do not reflect it. It's like, he's trying to, he's well, barreling headlong down that path at an ever increasing rate. So I don't let's, know. Let's assume he believes his own rhetoric for a second. All right. If you, if that's your biggest fear and you think the Ukrainian revolution in 2014, where his puppet guy got chased out was a CIA coup. And you think that they might join NATO and everyone's out, the, the, the NATO's controlled by the CIA and they're all marching their forces against you. And next comes a, a CIA supported coup in Russia where you end up like Gaddafi. Maybe he thought this was the move. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, evidently. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, there'll be much more going on there uh, in the coming weeks. We'll see what happens. Now, Matt, you can start looking for some comments from people to throw up there. We've got a little bit of time left. It didn't go as long as last time. While Matt's looking for those, I will remind you again more quickly this time. You can go to wellreadcomedy.com if you want to come see me live, which I would appreciate. And also, as we've referenced multiple times already, we're doing bonus episodes of SKUs on our Patreon, which you should check out if you want to get all that extra good good. You go to weeklyskews.com slash more or just go to Patreon and search for my name. You'll find it either way and join us on there. Okay, let's uh, let's get into it. Um, yeah, I you know, I like we were saying – 
before, maybe also on the bonus episode, it just seems like I don't think this has gone exactly the way that Vladimir Putin thought that it was going right. to, you know. But uh, Diane Yob or Diane Yob or Yob on Facebook says GOP is going to miss all that laundered Russian money that they might not have easy access to when the smoke clears. I mean, yeah, there's a whole lot of, you know, uh, fat cats who are going to be feeling it uh, when it comes to these sanctions and stuff. That's why there's been such a kerfuffle surrounding them. Trey, do you remember Maria But Speaking of um, Russian money laundered into politics, remember Maria Butina, the woman who was giving money to the NRA on behalf of the Russian government? Yeah. Yeah. She, she, she catfished that guy. I, who yeah. I didn't remember her name, she, but I do know who yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. So she was on Russian TV yesterday saying that Ukraine, like the only situation in which civilians is, uh, citizens shouldn't have Second Amendment rights is like when a country's being, she's basically saying that Ukraine handing out weapons to civilians to defend themselves from invasion was a bad example of private gun ownership. That's the one you know. <laughs> yeah, like that's literally, that's the prototype <laughs> for, for the need for an amendment like that. She, uh, like she would like hear what fucking what fucking suckers those guys are. She was a, a front woman for a fake group called Russians for the Second Amendment. They yeah. chose to believe that Russia has a Second Amendment, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's people on YouTube says who will fund NRA now? Yeah, the gun companies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Dave. And Tunis says Russia spent too much of their time and money interfering in American elections to be able to win a war now. LOL. I, I care if you said it. I know it was in the outline, but like that they seem to be fucking up on that front, too, like in terms of psyops and stuff where like yeah. we spent the past four or five years, you know, it, it seeming like they were this indomitable, indomitable force in that regard. Like that's supposed to be their wheelhouse. Is that type of shit? Yeah, I guess sometimes you're overwhelmed by facts on the ground that actually have more. Tr- they at least have some truth to them. Like a tank mm-hmm. did, did get stolen. Guys in there uh, did tell a Russian warship to go fuck themselves. Like at least, like yeah, I mean they got a bunch of so oh, there were a bunch of uh, Facebook busted a bunch of fake accounts that were used uh, run by Russian trolls who were using AI generated faces. They got that's, that's they got caught was because the faces. I guess if you AI generate a face, their incongruities, like the ears look weird. And one woman had mismatched earrings and shit. So it's fairly easy to pick out if you know what you're looking for. And I was like, just go take a picture of an actual Russian, you lazy fucks. Like you could have killed right. a guy from this band. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tommy Parsons says, I want to buy some merch. Well, you can go to weeklyskews.com if you would like. Get the t-shirt right there. Designed by producer Matt. Uh, Master salesman, sales job trade. Masterful. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's all Matt, buddy. Queuing me up there. I meant to say like and subscribe and share and all that stuff, too, so make sure y'all do that. Um, t- Russian PsyOps, as Matt looks for another comment, I'll make this brief. This was, we also, I told this story on the Patreon episode. I was on Reddit lurking around reading various Ukraine related threads. And in every thread, one of the very top comments, most upvoted comments was this guy saying, you may have heard that Poland is closed to Ukrainian refugees. That is not true. If you're seeking asylum, you can go to Poland right now. And it was upvoted to the top everywhere, and people were praising this guy. And it seems just like a dude trying to spread the good word. Like, if you need to get out, Poland is an option. But then some other people dug into that dude's comment history, and it turned out that guy was a Russian troll or a Russian whatever psyop who's like what he was really trying to do was just it was part of a campaign to convince more Ukrainians to leave because that makes it easier for them to invade. You know what I mean? So it was like a Russian psyop that Reddit absolutely got, you know, yanked by initially. Then they found the dude out and he got dragged, drugged after that. So Uh, let me, let me read this tweet before you move on for a second. The shirts are so comfy. It's somewhere on topic. Sorry. I read that. It's like comment. Nicole Johnson says the shirts are comfy. Thank you. Some some of the Russian stuff is so clumsy that I can't even believe people. No one would actually fall for it. So who cares? Like like here's an example. So the guy that wrote that article I was just talking referencing about the AI generated page, page has been taken down is an NBC reporter by the name of Ben Collins. Uh, he uh, somebody replied to him. My avatar is from that website, but I'm a real person. How can you explain that? And he said, "Very good question, comma." And then just added their at name, which was Comrade Seven Three Eight Seven Nine Three Four Nine. It's like it's so fucking fa- – It's you guys are so bad at this, man. Uh, you, you just reminded me when I took my sons to that VR thing. One of them said – and I 
I'm sure he got this from some video game or something, but it was like we were like on a space team in the VR game, you know, mm-hmm. and one of them said something like he was like, let's go, comrades. And I was like, I was like, don't don't say comrade right now. <laughs> we yeah. got to be uh, blasting yeah. that out there. Carta on YouTube says Ukraine is preventing males 18 to 60 from leaving Ukraine, though. Yeah, um, dra- it's a draft day. They're pulling dudes off buses and giving them, get them guns. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, sure. I'm against a military draft, but also, what do you want? <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably pointed at the story that I told about, which that wasn't the point of it. The point of it was just like, like I said, seeing this, like, however low level sort of Russian cyber operation kind of unfold in real time. I just thought it was kind of wild. Yeah. Seeing it get I mean, yeah, I mean, like, like that. I don't know how much you guys know about Battle of Stalingrad, but, uh, these people are used to hard fight. Like it's like not, it wasn't quite that, that old, that, that old, like it's sort of apocryphal that they would give two people one rifle and say, when well, one of you falls down, another one pick up the rifle, but mm-hmm. they did machine gun their own troops for retreating. And uh, you can't see it. It's the inside joke between me and my wife. We, she have a, we have a cross stitch on our wall. It says Nishigu Nazad, which is Stalin's orders to people of Leningrad, which was not one step back. And he literally did have general shot. They moved back a step. So that I don't, you have, <laughs> That's a yeah. that is an inside joke between you and your wife, and you have a like yeah. a needle point of that on your wall. Yeah, I'm trying to find a can't. That's it's some inside smart joke. shit right there, buddy. That's- it's it's a it's a joke we have in a script we wrote together. So that's the it's sort of, but it's also just like, yeah, times are hard, man. Not one step back, motherfucker. What are we gonna do? Yeah, I dig it. It's a yeah. great it's a great rallying cry because I get what you mean in a marriage. You know, push forward. Gotta keep doing it. It's great. It's just it the the like origin of it. Or whatever is uh Oh that was that was we, at a point we had really bad money troubles. I was it wasn't like yeah. we had marital troubles. <laughs> yeah. Well either way, I just thought you're both like in creative pursuits yeah. and whatnot. So I just I interpreted it that way. But it's just funny. It's like a battle of style Stalingrad thing. Um Scott Prowse says, I'm loving this episode, but I'm fairly loaded. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. However you are, we're glad you enjoy it. Uh, and that will do it for us. We'll go out on that happy note there. Uh, wellreadcomedy.com join us on patreon get loaded like scott watch the state of the union or not either way we'll be back here in seven days see you bye